Can you have a second life in a parallel world? And most importantly, can you have a job and make a living in this world? Join me in today's episode of Job Tales with my guest Frank Millet, entrepreneur in VR, or as he calls himself, real manager in a virtual reality. Frank Millet, you write real manager, virtual reality. I like that signature very much. Um, Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for being uh, my guest. You are CEO and uh, co-founder of two companies, Second World and VR for Business. You deal with virtual reality on a daily basis, right? Correct. What is virtual reality and uh, what do you do in this field? Well, there are plenty of definitions, but in a nutshell, I think you can talk about VR when you have a system that makes you think you are where you're not physically. So it's something which is immersive enough for for you to be fooled and for your brain to think of different places. And it can be something very, very elemental, like a cave or something which is based on stereoscopic vision only, or it can be now we have headsets which are quite efficient and do the same job. That's for VR, and people sometimes mix it up with uh, AR, which we also deal with in the company. AR, augmented reality, is something which allows you to see the environment and add information more than being completely cut from the external world. Okay, so you're immersed in an actual reality, but you augment it with more elements, right? Exactly. You see things on top of whatever is existing around you. Okay, whereas virtual is really completely virtual and, and you move yourself within this environment. Exactly, okay. yeah. Okay. And to make it more complicated, you can talk about mixed reality when you have okay. AR, or you can talk about hyper-reality when you add physical elements. Typically, when I have an object in VR and I touch it, and there is a system that makes me actually feel it because there is a real object behind the VR. So you could have like a sword, for instance, uh, that you can see in your hand, but physically, it's just a kind of stick, but it looks like a sword in your hand. So that's very interesting. Ah, sword. Yeah. Ah, okay. So you actually feel something in your hands, but it, it is a stick, but it's like I can imagine on video games, it's very practical. Yeah, exactly. You can feel completely merged into, yeah. into the environment. Okay. And talking about the applications actually to this, what are the most applications that you're dealing with? Well, it's one of the issues we have because we, um, when we started the B2B branch, so VR for Business five years ago, there were so many things we could do that it was difficult to explain what we were actually doing. So it took some time to figure out what are the most popular application or use cases. Mm. But um, So as Second World is more into gaming and animations or team buildings, it's kind of easy for people to understand. Come and have fun together. That's uh, mm. easy to figure out. You will be together in a different uh, world. When it comes to B2B, now things which are starting to pick up, typically things such as onboarding. So if you want to bring a new entrant, a new employee to a different site, a new another building, a remote location, or if you want him to meet the CEO and all directors within 20 minutes, which you never do when you integrate a big, uh, a big company, mm-hmm. it's feasible in VR and you feel like you're really met them. That's the most important part. And then we have training, which is quite popular these days, where mm. you typically you face an unhappy customer, and depending on your reaction, the story around you is changing one way or the other, and your, your reactions are recorded, analyzed, so you, your soft skills in particular are also reported and analyzed, so you can improve on understanding, empathy, etc., etc. That's quite cool. 
That is cool. So how does it work concretely when you are like, look at, at a training, for example, you're saying you're facing a happy customer. Is this happy customer or your person, but in VR version or how does it work? Well, there are basically two ways to do this kind of things. One way, which is the cheapest way, that's why we started with this, because nobody <laughs> wanted to pay a lot five years ago, is you use 360 cameras and you record the, the story, but in a 360 world, so you can then play it in a, in a VR headset. So you feel like you are in the action, but it's a video. Ah, okay. And that's what we, we're using mostly at this moment. And then you can add stuff inside the experience like uh, a 2D video, uh, an object, a uh, sign, uh, you can click somewhere, etc. Et and you can make choices, you can navigate in different places. That's one way. And then there's another way, which is more uh, used for technical trainings, where, for instance, you replicate a machine, and then people can manipulate them, can interact or learn from the technical machine. And um, this is something a bit more complicated, but it's more for, let's say, what we call hard skills or things which are really technical. Okay. When you say second world, it, it makes me think of second life. You know, that um, system online that, you know, where you could create your own avatar. And does that have anything to do with that? Well, not really initially. Well, actually, yeah, I stole it so I could use my marketing, <laughs> cheap marketing to promote my brand. No, that's not true. <laughs> The thing is, we um, it's the same principle. I wanted to define second world as you are not where you are physically, but you can enter any type of other world or second world. There's actually another VR arcade in London that's called that was called Other World. I don't know if it's still existing. The idea was the same. Once you enter, you are going to experience stuff which is not from this world, but something else. So mm. second life in a way was a bit the same, saying you have a first life in real life and you have a second life in a different world. Mm, okay. So it's fascinating, right? Because I'm thinking you know, this is all new, and uh, but, but VR has actually been around for, for a while. How long has it been? We had talking about real content, let's say, that could be used. Seven years ago already, this type of headset we're using and content was... Not the same, it was a bit less powerful, but the technology was almost the same. Hmm. So, and before that, it was used primarily into uh, research or some specific systems, entertainment system, already five or six years before that. But of course, this was reserved to really, really high budgets and um, cumbersome equipment. Now, in, in the format we know it, more or less seven years, I'd say. Okay. And you have created two companies out of, you know, from scratch. Yes. What brought you to this decision of becoming an entrepreneur? Well, I've been an intrapreneur all my career, more or less. I've always done the same, identified an issue in the company, find the solution, set up a team and processes and put it in place. That was mm -hmm. my, my main job. And of course, it's one thing to do it in a company, which is You get a fixed salary, uh, but you don't get a lot of reward if you succeed, but you don't get a lot of uh, pain if you fail. Mm -hmm. and, and do it as an entrepreneur is something I already tried twice uh, before this company here. So it's my third uh, venture into outside of the big company. And this time, I'm not sure I'm going to get back to any other company. So you tried twice before, before you, you started... Yes. Okay, what did, let's say, go wrong, if I may use that term? I'd say 
One was being too naive about the amount of money to be injected for product development. That was one of the issues where we didn't see properly uh, the future. We are building a luxury key for sports cars. It's an investment-heavy operation. We failed, we found we had no money left and no investment left at the end of the first year, whereas the product was ready, basically. Um, so okay. that was that was kind of a tough learning. I discovered quickly when I was on the on booth and uh, exhibit and so on with colleagues in the luxury domain that they were backed up by big groups. They were sometimes having twenty times the the cash we had as a backup mm. for investment. So, of course, you cannot compete with this type of things. Right. Basically, that managing the cash flow and making sure you got the necessary investment for going to the end of the of the adventure. And there were also uh, VR-related, your ventures before this? No, no, no. One was in the supercar club, and the second was this luxury key for sports car, which is more like the equivalent of building a watch, which which is quite complicated. Mm, okay, yeah. So you, you don't really choose easy easy stuff. No, <laughs> Like no. opening <laughs> up, you know, vegetable supermarket or... <laughs> yeah, actually, I should have done that instead. <laughs> Nobody told me. Which has its own uh, complications, I'm sure, but maybe it's less investment heavy to to start with, right? And, and so, would you say that VR, you know, becoming an entrepreneur in VR is always investment heavy? Well, that's the thing. It's uh, it was when I started. We looked at into many systems, and at this stage, if you wanted typically people to be able to move around freely with no cables in a space and experience something you would have to invest around 200 to 300k euros. Mm. Right now, you could do this, not quite the same, but almost, in probably better quality on the, on the experience, in around 20 to 50k. So Incredible. Mm. It's, uh, it's a big difference. But the thing that people really don't get, and it's valid for any type of business, but VR in particular, the equipment is one thing, the software is one thing, but what kills you is not that. What kills you is the amount of people you need to operate and the, the cash reserve you need to have because you're going to make losses the first year for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. And people don't see that. It's just saying, oh, I got 50K, 34 goes in the equipment, 15 in the branding and furniture, let's go. And then three years, three months on, they're, they're broke and they have to close down. Because mm, they didn't account for enough resources. Yeah, resources mm -hmm. and losses. And losses, Okay. I'm asking all this, of course, because I can imagine our listeners, maybe the younger crowd, that really want to work in VR, uh, asking themselves this question, you know, should I go you know, solo? Should I become an entrepreneur or should I start at a company first? And, you know, having been there in both worlds, let's say, <laughs> in the world of you know, employed world and an entrepreneur, what would be your advice to a younger generation who wants to venture into this field? Well, the thing which is really different for VR, XR, and AI, the same actually, is that there's no such thing as a standard, standardized or very frequent job. <laughs> Since all companies are kind of new, mm -hmm. you cannot claim in your CV, I'm a VR specialist, it doesn't mean anything, or XR specialist. Mm -hmm. So what are you, a creator of 3D content? Are you a specialist in hardware? Are you a specialist in integration? Are you somebody who's doing content for trainings or this type of end-to-end uh, -end experience? 
And you don't have 16 companies with the same profile waiting for you on the market. They are all getting uh, people who are not uh, specialists at the beginning or that trained by themselves. And then they are, they are incorporating them, basically. Okay. So it's, it's such a new market that you, you cannot probably have a very formatted way of being a, an Excel specialist. Okay, so you would rather advise to have a, a less of a specialized profile at the beginning and then you kind of get molded into in the company that is going to hire you? or Yeah, the, the most likely you're not going to be working in a big company if you want to go into Excel. That's something to take into account. Okay. Uh, and the second thing is knowing also, because I've seen companies rise and fall, uh, and especially small companies, a lot since I started you probably won't have a carved future into like a career plan into the company that doesn't really exist at the moment. So it, it will take mm. five to 10 years for this to stabilize a little bit. Okay. So where do you start? Do you, do you study IT? Do you study graphic design? Um, actually, the question goes to you. What did you study? Nothing. Actually, I didn't study anything. I was too... I was too too much in a hurry to start working. Well, really? no, long time ago, <laughs> I was uh, I graded as a telecom engineer, so I do have a technical background. Okay. And I'd say if you want to get into this field, you probably need to have an understanding. You cannot just be graduating with a psychology degree. I mean, okay. you, you can be also doing that on the side, of course, but it's uh, most likely you need some understanding on uh, how a computer works how electronics is working you cannot just uh, invent that so yeah it's going to help a lot especially life in vr is about fixing things that go wrong so you need to <laughs> you need to be able to troubleshoot test integrate etc and that's something you, you learn, learn as an engineer now okay. one easy way in is if you are a 3d designer because this world is going to or was going to need a lot of them. I'm going to explain why in a moment. Okay. Because you, if you do a digital twin, what we call a, a digital twin, which is you replicate something that is real or is, doesn't exist into um, a 3D environment, typically what people called metaverse when the hype was strong, mm. then you could do this from any background. You don't need to be a VR specialist. Now, I'm just a bit curious how this is going to evolve since we're already doing a lot of uh, AI-generated stuff, images and text at the moment, even some 3D backgrounds, or skyboxes as we call them. Sky Question boxes. is, yeah, it's kind of a nice name. It is. <laughs> Question is, how long till you just um, type in or talk into your tool saying, do a chair with two green armrests and in leather, and then the tool is generating this in 3D. So you don't you won't need the 3D designer anymore for that. Right, right. So that's probably something that's going to evolve quickly as well. This is one of also the the, the talks that are going on around the chat GPT, for example, that mm -hmm. able to create this and to maybe make other some jobs disappear in the future or change in the future. What do you think actually about this now that we're just in parentheses? <laughs> well, there are, there are two aspects of this. One is very, very concrete. And as an entrepreneur, I, I see it every day. When I need uh, an image for my communication or even for a print or poster, I'm turning to meet Jonena. And it does things which would take significantly more money and more time for a designer to do. 
and in the better quality most of the time. So it does impact clearly their business. Now, what we also see is that it, it's not that straightforward to use it. And um, if you want to make it more than just a one elf image, you need to master the parameters you need to figure out how it works. You need to try and error. And it's going to be even more complicated when it comes to, um, to 3D. So yes, it will kill stuff which is very, let's say, common now, design in 2D and maybe soon in 3D. But it will not kill creativity because we should not forget that uh, AI is not creative at the moment, at least. It's not. <laughs> it cannot invent stuff. It's just digesting stuff which exists and make it according to your wishes. Right. So you're still an artist, luckily. For the moment, maybe somebody is going to come up with, a, <laughs> with an AI artist. And the second thing is you need somebody who is going to be able to understand how to put the bits together. Like I, I heard a lot, oh, go to this website, it's going to do your website in five minutes. It's true. I don't know if you had the look, but it, it works. It does. Wow. It works. However, once it's done, very difficult to integrate or modify or, you know, it's, it's a block basically. So it doesn't give you a lot of um, opportunities to edit it. So it's, okay. it's, not, it's not the best. It's not the best. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. The, whereas you call, call up your guy. They, who does the website for you and you say, okay, can you produce, please do this, this and that and I'll do it or she'll do it. Yeah. There's still an advantage of having a human being work for you for the moment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. But the, the expert will still be needed because these guys know what's been produced. They know how to use it basically and it's not as simple as a ready-made product. Right. Okay. And what brought you to uh, choose VR or did VR choose you? <laughs> Actually, it's funny. I started with uh, a game because I'm, amongst other issues, I'm also a gamer. And okay. uh, I tried it and I was thinking at the end, it was a very simple game, but 30 minutes on, I was thinking, bloody hell, I was on top of this tower shooting at stuff. I was not in this room anymore. So I knew mm -hmm. something had changed into the perception and the way we, we would game. And I, uh, I thought we, we need to do something with that, which we can just uh, leave it be. We need to make it a business. So that's why. Okay. Awesome. Looking back now at uh, what, what have you done the last, uh, how many years in, in, your, in your company? Five years now. Five years. Okay. And looking back, is there something you would do differently now that, you know, in hindsight, we're always smarter in the future than in the past? I would have said start it earlier. But it's already hard. It was already hard in 2017, 18. Nobody believed in VR. So I think I was right on time in terms of <laughs> setting the footprint, in, uh, especially in Switzerland. So probably I wouldn't have done much more different, I think. Okay. That's good to know. Which brings me to another question. Are there hard times during your work that you would say oh, that you kind of doubt, you know, am I doing the right thing or I wish I had done something different? What are the hard parts of your job? Is that easier if you ask what's the not hard part of the job? That's maybe the it's shorter answer. <laughs> okay. What is not hard in your job? <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing, one thing which is clear is that, and it's, I think it's valid for a lot of entrepreneurship adventures, but 
if I had been told how much sacrifices and effort it would have meant to get where I am, I was, I'm not sure I would have done it. So that's mm. the third. But it's valid for any entrepreneurship. Right. Don't, don't know before, uh, don't know in advance the effort because you will never do it. Um, especially because we had the COVID crisis in the middle of, uh, of development of a business that required uh, people. Right. So a lot of... A cherry the, on the cake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of the businesses collapsed because of this as well. Mm. I think there are a few occasions where um, I just, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm just si sitting in a corner looking at the amount of work and the amount of money that are not matching. <laughs> and I'm thinking, why the hell did I not pursue a career when I was having twice as much money for 60% of the effort. And then I have a call with a colleague or ex-colleague and he's telling me, oh yeah, you know, because this and that and this guy's doing this and my boss and the boss of my boss. And I, can have, I have nothing to say, but, you know, wait for things to get better. And I'm thinking, now I remember why <laughs> I'm making all of this. It's because it's my own boat and my own risk. And nobody's going to make my life miserable because of he decides to. So that's something which is priceless, more or less. Okay. But it's still a very hard time because you, you, are, you, know, you can collapse at any time. The beginning is very difficult. You have to work a lot. And um, you don't know where you're going because you're, especially you in Exxon, yeah. nobody would have predicted the way it's exploding now. So. Right, right. So, and is it, is it the explosion phase? Like, are we on the disruptive, in the disruptive phase of VR, do you think? We've been for two years, more or less. Okay. I can see the amount of, uh, I think two years ago already, the app that was most downloaded in Christmas was the Oculus app. So the one of the headset brands from Meta. Mm, okay. Yeah, so the Oculus. Yeah. It tells you about wow. the, the level. Incredible. And I can see it now because we see more and more people having headsets at home. Uh, also when we're doing uh, enterprise work. So it's, it's progressing and... and uh, We are also contributing a lot. We had around 12,000 customers coming to our rooms in uh, in five years. So people start to understand what it does. So that's okay. the, the beauty of it. Are you finding yourself still in uh, the startup phase? Well, in a, in a five years of, or something, we lost a year and a half. So we, we because of COVID, so you can say we're still in the startup phase. Okay. Difference is we have employees and there is a turnover, there's a profit. Okay, but we we are still in a in a growth phase, and um, when it comes to really B 2 B, I'd say it takes another year and year and a half before this common this is becoming more common into companies. So okay, and you will focus on B 2 B for the future. Yeah, we develop both in parallel because the the gaming is the solid base mm, and uh, works. It's less risky. Yeah. But of course, it's less uh, profitable. It's a lot of manpower required to get it running. And the B2B is the more, let's say, growing at the moment in terms of type of technology and type of businesses. So it's the most exciting part is here at the moment. Exciting, Frank. I'm really happy that I've learned so much in 25 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> I wish we had more time. Thank you so much for being a part of my podcast. You're welcome. Keep listening to my podcast. All comments are welcome. You find me on social media and soon on WRS World Radio Switzerland at worldradio.ch. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn. Just type Jobtales, T-A-L-E-S. Bye for now.